Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you and we glorify you. We magnify your great name. We continue to lift up my friend Katrina as she recovers from her illness. We lift up my cousin Leroy, who was placed in the hospital. We lift up my eye doctor, Dr. Amin, who was diagnosed with breast cancer. We also lift up my friend Kelly as she continues to battle cancer. Finally, we praise you for my friend Steve, who recently celebrated five years of being cancer-free. We thank you for the faithful listeners, and we thank you for the new listeners. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the King of Israel, Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue our series on living the transformed life. And this week, I want to look at the transformed house. My friends, a family living in a house is a byproduct of the husband's upbringing and the wife's upbringing. If both were brought up in a home with a church background, there's a good chance the home will be a home centered around Christ. If one spouse was brought up in the church and the other was not, you have a marriage that is unequally yoked and issues may come up. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, that a house divided against itself shall not stand. My brothers and sisters, in an effort to get away from the model that previous generations used for the home, our society has become a web of blended families with stepbrothers and sisters and visitation rights given every other weekend, along with various weeks during the summer. What kind of model will these children use when it becomes their time to start a family. The 50% divorce rate, even among Christians, will continue to have devastating effects. My comrades for Christ, in order for the entire house to live the transformed life, everyone must be on the same page. For example, if a family of four has a disciple, a believer, and two non-believing teens, that house will not and cannot be transformed. Why? The disciple of Jesus follows and imitates him. The disciple loses his life in order to find it. The word and culture of Jesus reshapes the disciple's world. The disciple is reshaped into the image of Christ, changed on the inside, and lives a transformed life. But a believer holds certain beliefs which can change at a moment's notice. A believer will stick by their way of seeing things, but there is no change. A believer believes that Jesus was born, lived, and died, but does not apply any of the word to their life, and thus, no change. My friends, you can't be a disciple without being a believer, but you can be a believer and not be a disciple. The two non-believing teens will take every opportunity to rebel and disrupt the house. And so, my Christian friends, this house will not be transformed until everyone in the house becomes a disciple. The transformation is abrupt or startling. We get the word metamorphosis from this Greek word, like when a caterpillar 
becomes a butterfly. It is a major reformation in form, nature, or function. There are two ways the word transformed is used in the New Testament. One, be transformed. This is the active voice, meaning I am responsible to make it happen. And number two, are being transformed. This is the passive voice, meaning that transformation is being done within me. And so, my friends, we must take responsibility to change, while at the same time, the Holy Spirit is changing us. When we commit to change, the Holy Spirit can freely work within us. The problem in a home is, how do you get all of the members of the household to commit? For the adults, the stress and strain of a job, the commute, the bills, and other distractions are difficult to manage. I discussed obstacles to living a transformed life last week. For teens, peer pressure is the number one distraction for them. As the spiritual head, it is up to you to encourage commitment to transformation regardless of what the outside world is saying. My friends, the process of being transformed only occurs when the Holy Spirit is invited to make changes. When the spiritual leader of the house issues the invitation, those in the house who accept the work of the Holy Spirit will be changed individually. But the goal is to transform the entire house, right? Folks, change doesn't happen overnight. It takes time for the caterpillar to turn into a butterfly. And for us, it is a lifetime of change which doesn't end until we meet Jesus face to face. Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. My brothers and sisters in Christ, while we are in our earthly home, we strive to prepare our household for the transformation that is coming. We realize that this earth is not our home and that we are aliens away from our true home, which is in heaven. We believe that Jesus is coming back for us and that he will fully establish the kingdom of heaven. While we wait, we take part in kingdom activities, not worldly activities. While we wait, we tell our family about what awaits those who love the Lord. While we wait, we tell as many who will listen that Jesus loves them. While we wait, we read his word. While we wait, we communicate with him through prayer. While we wait, we worship him for dying for our sins. While we wait, we live as Jesus wants us to live. And we know that we are not waiting in vain because we look to the future instead of the present since Jesus has shown that he has all power in heaven and on earth. He is in control, and since he is in control, the promises that he made to prepare a home for us in heaven are absolutely true. We are to set the example while we live, and if he doesn't come back during our lifetimes, we will be with the Lord, and your children will have the lessons that were taught to them to transform their household. My comrades for Christ, the Christian is supposed to change, 
to be transformed, and if you live in a house full of Christians, the home will transform. Unfortunately, it has become normal for Christians to stay stuck in their sins and not to change, to refuse to be transformed. When you have been in the present version of yourself for 20, 30, and 50 years, it's easy to come up with the excuse that you are stuck in your ways. Part of that reasoning says, we love Jesus, we cheer for Jesus, but in order to follow Jesus, changes must be made. We want the blessings of Jesus, but not at the expense of giving up self. This especially applies to the home where folks get stuck in their routine and refuse to change it for anyone, including Jesus. Everyone in the house knows that Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, but will not invite an unsaved friend over to share some chips, salsa, and Jesus. Stuck. The family attends church services, but if the sermon doesn't hit them right between the eyes, they feel like they did not get fed for the week. Stuck. One out of four in the house may read the word on a consistent basis. The other three are too involved in this life. Stuck. At least one is stuck in good habits. You end up with a spiritually poor house where nobody reads the Bible. My friends, you can get unstuck today. Invite the Holy Spirit in to take over completely. Surrender all, including your spouse and your kids, and watch what happens when the Spirit says move, you move. And when the Spirit says stay, you stay. When you and your family are all in for the kingdom, watch what happens. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to take charge of your life today, right now? Pray with me. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives. We pray that the Holy Spirit will set us apart to be used for kingdom building. In the name of the Son of the Most High God, Jesus Christ, amen. If you ask the Holy Spirit to take charge of your life, send me an email at hello at greatministries.org and I will give you next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.